0: is possible. Welcome to Reloaded Monday, everybody. We have a good one coming back here with Scott. Scott is a friend of mine from Pennsylvania, my old stomping grounds, and he comes on to talk about his bizarre, strange experiences in the Allegheny National Forest. It is a great conversation I had with him a long time ago, so sit back and relax and enjoy this Reloaded Monday episode.
1: Okay, I reload it! This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed,
2: but no one was supposed to talk about it
1: saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear.
3: When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me.
2: And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast
1: and spears. Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him.
2: Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me,
3: I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg and I look over and there are two small gray pulling it and they're literally I'm getting pulled off the bed.
1: I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe
3: and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster.
0: So this week we have Scott coming on and Scott is actually a really good friend of mine and he comes on to share a lot of different experiences he's had in the Allegheny National Forest in Pennsylvania, including Bigfoot experiences and just a lot of paranormal experiences. This is a very good conversation me and Scott had that you guys are really going to enjoy. He talks about a lot of different stuff, including a portal vortex that appeared before him and he was not the only one that saw this. So sit back and relax and let's get into it right now. (music) Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on, and it's actually one of my good friends here. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you today, Tony? I'm doing good, man. So uh, you're somebody that kind of blew my mind when I first met you, because uh, I remember we were at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, and I was sitting at the table with you, we are eating dinner, getting to know you and stuff, and you openly talked about the weird stuff when it comes to Bigfoot, and not many people at that time I had come across, we're willing to do that. And it, it kind of caught me off guard and stuff. I was like, wow, this guy just is very open about some of these uh, odd experiences that he's had out in the woods. Uh, and I, I'm really excited about having you on tonight to talk about you know, your experiences. These, these are things that, ju- you know, you're very upfront and honest with people. And you just tell people, this is what I experienced. And, you know, Make of it what you will. And uh, so most of these experiences you had were in the Allegheny National Forest, right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Or very, very near to the Allegheny National Forest in the Oil City, Franklin area, to The forest right around there, they're so thick. And it's just that I've spent, I've camped up there for over 25 years. I'm 34. So I've spent a lot of time up there during my life. And yeah. uh, I think that has a lot to do with the experiences we have, actually, for some strange reason. I just kind of feel that in my heart.
0: Yeah. And and I I kind of agree with you, you know, and I think people will see what you're talking about as you tell some of your stories tonight. Uh, instead of going from beginning to end, I know you've had a lot of different stories and stuff that you could share. Uh, I'm going to get you started on one. And then from there, we'll just see how things develop and stuff. Uh, so... yeah. Let's just start off with the whole uh, vortex thing you just saw in the woods not too long ago, a few weeks ago. I actually, I actually referenced it on the think tank that we did. Uh, it, it was just a fascinating story that I heard from you. So why don't you share with us exactly what happened that night?
3: All right, it was, it was a. I, I still really can't believe we saw what we saw, but there was four of us that were kind of going on a night hike. Actually. Um, Brian, there was five of us and, uh, Brian went on a hike with us, you know, the Brian I'm referencing. I don't know if yeah. that's cool to anyway. Um, we went for a hike and it was just dead in that side of the forest. We had no experiences. We probably hiked a mile deep from our campsite, which is already in the dead center of the Allegheny national forest. And, uh, it was really dead and we got back to camp and we were trying to regroup and you know then the four of us decided hey we're gonna go hike up the hill and go see what's going on up there and i could i don't know what it was i just kind of sensed like we were being watched from that area all weekend so we hiked up there and we're hiking up and the guys are kind of following me and i kind of felt like i hit an electrical fence like boom all right stop i look at my friend charlie and his hair is literally standing on end, like he's got an afro going on and he normally doesn't have an afro and uh he just it was it was insane like you know you know all of our hairs are standing on our necks all of our hairs are standing on our arms and my friend jeff tears right past us and starts hiking up the hill i'm like jeff wait he's like i got this and you know
2: it was like <laughs> three
3: in the morning on saturday night memorial day weekend In the Allegheny National Forest, then, you know, normally I would chalk one of these experiences up to, you know, not being in the right state of mind, but we were all in the right state of mind, you know, Jeff tears off and we lose him. I find out later the reason he wasn't responding is because he was watching some kind of mist orb something manifest about 20 feet away from him. At the same time he was noticing this, my friend Charlie, I'll also refer to him as Chuck. I've known him my whole life pretty much, is is witnessing this with me. And it's this reddish gray kind of mist, very subtle, but you could tell something was manifesting. We thought it was Jeff with his red light flashlight, you know, over his hand. And I said, Jeff, is that you? And he turned his flashlight on about 30 feet past what we were focusing on and we realized that wasn't Jeff. And our minds were like, wait, what, what, you know, your mind is thinking it's one of your friends. And then all of a sudden you realize it's not. So you're, you're having a quick, Oh wait, what is this reality I'm looking at right now? And this thing disappeared. It looked like feet first into a sideways tornado and disappeared and its eyes were like the last thing to disappear into this vortex and it was gone and we were all just stunned you know chuck and his friend tore down the hill they're like we're out of here this is messed up and i'm stuck between this thing and Jeff in the campsites behind me. And I'm like, well, I'm not leaving my friend. <laughs> you know, this is, this is crazy. I'm not leaving my friend here. What if, what if something's going to hurt him now? It was my mind telling me, because after I analyzed it and we sat around the fire, we felt no fear, but I finally hiked up, got Jeff, and literally we almost walked hand in hand back down the hill. And we felt like we were being escorted from each side and behind us back down the hill to our campsite because we had got, I don't even know. I I, I don't know why it happened the way it did, but that's what we saw. And I sent you those pictures to say, Hey, this is kind of like what I saw. And we've all confirmed this is what we saw. And I just, I have no idea what the heck it was, but it was something, it looked like the Scooby-Doo eyes in the beginning of the Scooby-Doo cartoon when they're coming out of that little spiraling vortex type deal. It was, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I have no clue what it was, but I know it was real. And I know three out of the four of us saw it and experienced it. And our hair was standing on the end of our, just on end everywhere. It was it was crazy. It, like It's giving me goosebumps thinking about it right now, to tell you the truth. Like, it's, it's not making me feel uneasy, but it's making me happy to talk about it because it was crazy.
0: Yeah. No, I I can't imagine seeing something like that in the woods. Now, what you're saying is that there was a face within this mist that you first saw, right?
3: Absolutely. It was... I, I couldn't tell you because I thought it was Jeff. I thought it was my friend. So, I was. my mind was trying to picture Jeff there so once i realized it wasn't him it was already almost gone like that's kind of how fast it happened if that
0: makes sense yeah and so this this face that you saw in the mist then it goes into the vortex or it becomes a vortex
3: it went it disappeared into the vortex almost as if it it manifested a portal to disappear into as as Outlandish and ridiculous as that sounds, we probably just lost a bunch of listeners for me using that word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh well. So basically, what you're saying is, you saw this mist, and, and what color was the mist again? I can't remember. It was a uh, reddish gray.
3: It was like reddish gray, pink. You know, if if I went to Home Depot or Lowe's and looked at the color swatches, I could probably find the the exact color. You know, but okay. it was reddish gray, gotcha. almost like a peach peach red brick it's, it's so hard to describe. It was so, I don't know. It was, it was stunning. I mean, it was breathtaking. It it was just like, wait a minute, that's not my friend. And that's something else manifesting in the middle of the woods. Wait, what is going on right now? And then it was gone. Okay. I remember that specifically being my, my thought process, like, wait, what just happened? And I turned around and the other guys were already running away. (laughs)
0: so what color was was this vortex what color was the vortex
3: it was that it it was it was the same color as that i think that's what we saw and then right at the end it looked like there was a a face disappearing into that that vortex because i i feel like it realized it had been had like we had seen it And then when Jeff shined his flashlight actually down towards us, he shined it right at that thing and it made whatever it was go away. It was it was mind boggling. Yeah. I can't even I can only explain what I saw because I have no idea what had happened.
0: So how large was this vortex? I mean, was it the size of like a head or was it something that was, you know, maybe the size of a car?
3: It was if I had to estimate maybe 30 inches wide and it was about four and a half feet off the ground. Cause I remember being able to reference where Jeff was on the hill and where I'd seen this thing and it was not much bigger than he was just in relation, you know, and he was uphill, but you know, this thing, he was probably 50 feet away from us and this thing was in between
0: us. So, you see this vortex and everything, but did you hear anything like during this? You're, you're seeing this, were you able to hear it at all or was it just silent?
3: I heard nothing. I mean, we heard a few little like thick cracks or breaks, but we chalked that up to maybe being a chipmunk or something like that. You know, just, um, we heard nothing to know that there was something around. The only way that I felt I knew something was around was because my hair was standing on end. Like it was, yeah. I mean, I just sensed the energy was, was different. There was some kind of, of strange energy, just, it just felt like I had just been electrocuted almost.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, man, like it's really weird and fascinating at the same time because, you know, I'm trying to think here, like what could be happening you know, for that to happen. And, you know, is this something to do with uh, Bigfoot? Is it because it's a haunted forest? Is it a haunted forest? Uh, Is there a possibility that uh, there's some kind of military type stuff going on? I know that Pennsylvania is rumored to have a deep underground military base somewhere in Pennsylvania. And if you're going to have one of those, I would think that maybe a good spot would be the National Forest because the National Forest takes up like one eighth of the state. It's huge. And Yeah, it is massive. And it's all it's all federal property. And so if you're yeah. gonna do something like that, I wonder I always wondered if there is something going on in that forest military wise with the government or whatever. And if that's the case, you know, are they playing with things that, you know, we don't have the technology to do, you know? Is that something that you saw? I don't know. Uh did you get a sense that right. this was a a very a supernatural event, or do you think that it could have been maybe some kind of military operation?
3: I feel that it has more to do with like natural ley lines of the earth and the natural network of the way energy and frequency travels through the planet. And there's are certain areas where those forces are stronger than others. And this, I feel, could be because if if what I saw was created by a human or or man like i just i didn't get that feeling at all i got the feeling that i was in the presence of something way different i just i don't but i could be wrong i mean like i said i don't claim to know what the heck's going on (laughs) i just claim to to be completely 100% honest about what i've seen and experienced and we can talk about it because that's the only way we're going to really figure this out is if we're actually open to what's happening to us and, and we're willing to talk about it, you know, cause I, I don't, I don't know that many people would be willing to talk about what, what had happened because I mean, just on that specific experience and I probably have another dozen similar experiences to that, which is like, what, how could this be happening? You know? Yeah. And just the fact that, you know, <clears throat> I don't think personally, my belief that is, if, if Sasquatch was a, was a hairy mountain ape that some hunter would have one on his wall by now. Um, I mean that I, I firmly believe in that, you know, my, my little brother is an avid hunter. His father was an avid hunter. I've been a hunter. I, I've spent a lot of time in the forest and the only time that the Sasquatch phenomenon happens is at a time, you know, it's not at a time. It's just something that it's, it's not natural to us. It's, it's gotta be something different. I just, I don't know what that different is. I don't, I feel like it can be flesh and blood blood, but I also feel like it's gotta be able to do something different or somebody would have, taken one out by now. I, I just firmly believe that. I, I really do. And maybe I'm out of date on my stories and stuff, but I <laughs> as far as I know, nobody's ever uh brought one to light. So I just you know there's a lot of skilled hunters out there that are very good at what they do. And for nobody to ever take one out blows my mind. So that right there tells me that this has to be something different. Because even if one out of the, I mean, how many reports reports do you hear? You know, of of these things being cited. Even if one of these reports is genuine and one hundred percent true, and I know I'm not <laughs> I'm not seeking fame or anything by talking about this, you know. So I I have no nothing to gain from this except for knowledge for myself and for everybody else because it's so interesting. Um, it's got to be real. It's out there. There's something out there. So I I I love the opportunity to talk about this. So maybe we can figure out what the heck it is. You know, like you said, maybe it's a spirit. Maybe it's a haunting. Who knows? But it'd be pretty crazy if it was a hairy ape man haunting things. So I feel like it's something much better than a haunting. You know, maybe it's. I feel blessed to have had the experiences I do, if that's the right word, because it changed my life for the better. You know. It really did. It, it put me around people and made me believe in things that I didn't even, that I didn't even know could exist. You know, just, it's been a really good thing. So that's, I just don't even know where to go from there.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. (laughs) That's where I'm at. Yeah. So, you know, along those lines and stuff. I mean, I've heard stories of people taking these things out. Uh the the problem with these stories is nobody's ever been able to produce a body. So, if you can't produce a body, it's just a story. And uh, or even a
3: finger. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: But I mean, here's the thing. I mean, like if you if you listen to my think tank episode that I did with the guys, you would hear me talking about the possibility of this thing being uh an or, coming from possible supernatural uh, origins. So, you know, yeah. if, if these things are a remnant of Nephilim type creatures, then it's not so much of a stretch in my mind to think that these things actually might have some type of abilities that aren't natural to flesh and blood creatures because they were created by supernatural entities. And if that's the case, then for me, it's like everything would fall in line so perfectly if I could just prove that one thing because, uh, I mean people talk about seeing these things cloak and that they hear them, but they can't see them and all this different stuff. But at the same time, you hear people say that it's very physical that, uh, I had a guy on my show once say that, that uh, he, he actually reached into a, a berry bush and touched this thing when he was a kid. Like he was picking berries and he didn't know it was in there. It's like these things at the same time are, are, are physical. And so it's like, what is it? You know? And so it's just very curious. Uh, we have, uh, a story that you and I kind of went through together and stuff—the first time we met in the uh, South Fork State Park. Uh, yeah, are, are you are you one of the guys that did see the lights in the in the forest, or, or are you one of the guys that didn't? Oh, see I the was, lights?
3: I was standing right with you, and I absolutely saw the same thing you saw, and that was the first time that I ever saw anything, but it like that. But it was not the last time I ever saw anything like that. I have seen. Those kind of just floaty lights in the forest numerous times now, and I've actually been like flashed by something that was in the forest. Like they were trying to get my attention with that same type of light. So, let's, if you want to talk about that, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, let's <laughs> let's go into that and stuff. Let's just keep it PG rated. Don't talk about the flashing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
3: oh no, it, it was a, it was
0: a flashing of light. No, I know. It, I was just kidding. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, so we're all PG. Yeah, no. Uh, so why don't you go into that and stuff? You're, you've you've had run-ins with these lights in the forest multiple times. The first time was with me, and just to refresh people who maybe haven't heard that story, uh, we, were, we were hiking through Salt Fork State Park, and uh, there was a very steep drop-off to my left, and to my right, there was a very steep hill. As we're walking this game trail, I look up to my right, and on the inside of the canopy of the forest, there was a Uh, pulsating light. It wasn't moving around. It wasn't on the outside of the trees. It was very much on the inside of the canopy. And uh, it was pulsating in and out very slowly. And then it just pulsated out. It was just gone. And so uh, it was me, Scott, Brian, and Dave Groves, who was on our show sharing his Bigfoot encounter. And uh, it was very... I wouldn't say that we were scared. I mean, I I think that that wasn't very much of a scary experience as much as it was just like... For me, it was like wow, those things are real because I hear people talking about these things and now I've seen it. Uh, and then when we were yeah. w- we were walking out of the forest, uh, something else happened. Uh, why don't you finish that part of the story off there, Scott?
3: Yeah, we were getting back to the car and we were going to go back to the lodge and we weren't very far from the lodge at all. And, you know, we had heard stories about Brian being able to do a great Ohio howl. So we're like, let's hear it, Brian. So Brian lets out this Ohio howl and you know, it was, it was pretty stinking good. It it was really good. He, he does a great one. I've had him, you know, asked him to do it many times since. And, uh, right after he finished his howl, something, it seemed to like, you know, there were little pine trees that were in the tree line, something like shook one of these pine trees and tore off. And I've heard deer and pretty much any other animal care off into the woods. And this thing, for like three or four steps, correct me if I'm wrong, seemed to just just tear stuff down, and then you heard absolutely nothing. And any other animal you can hear tear off and tail off into the woods as they get further away, you know, just as if you or I were to run away from each other. But this thing, it was like four steps and gone. And that was was pretty profound to me because I was like, well, what, you know, unless somebody... From the lodge was there and messing with us, which very well could have been happening. There was something else. And and what makes me think that is because of that, that pulsating light we saw, there was something with us. And, you know, I think certain people attract these things because I think they are beings of energy or something different that we don't quite understand yet. And uh, that was, that was pretty awesome, man. So I've also seen these lights at the campsite where I camp in uh, the Allegheny National Forest, and I've also seen them right in Oil City. And it, it it's odd. Sometimes it just seems like the forest comes alive with these these lights. And, I, you know, is it... It seems weird. I'm probably going to lose some more listeners here by saying, like, when my friend used to play his flute in the forest, it seems like these, these lights were attracted to us. And I know Dave Groves talks about that exact thing happening. You can maybe tell the story another time, but when these it seems like when people play these native or handmade or homemade instruments and and you know, just play these things are attracted to it and you know, so I was with I was with Brian and actually uh October for my birthday, we went out to Oil City to go visit a friend. And uh, we went to their little site where they've had lots of encounters. And um, I think Dave talks about this area also. Um, We, you know, they were playing the flute and these orbs just started like rising in the forest. And there was multiples. I couldn't even tell you how many, but they just seemed to be like, just, you know, doing their thing. I I can't even explain what they were doing but there was multiple lights just kind of dancing in the forest as my friend was playing his flute, and it was odd. And then his wife started singing, and she has a pretty voice, and it just seemed like even more were were coming out. So I was wondering if maybe just the music does something to our brains and makes us see those things, or if those were things that are really there. Because, you know, Brian and I agreed that, we were watching this happen. So we were just trying to determine what it was causing that to happen because it was just, it, it was so euphoric. It was just, Hey, I'm in the middle of the forest. The air smells great. You know, the stars are out and I'm listening to this beautiful flute being played and this beautiful singing and I'm happy. So I'm seeing this or is something else happy to hear this too? And they want to hear more. You know, like, what's going on here? So, I i mean, I'm always open to the human element of this whole thing to so where we might not actually be seeing what we think we're seeing or, you know, I'm open to that. So that's some things I've seen. And then we're sitting around the campfire and I was uh, smoking an electronic cigarette at the time. So, like, it lit up white at the end every time I would take a puff off of it. So every time I'd bathe, the light would light up white. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking up into the forest and where we camp, we're in the low area. And there's a ridge on both sides of us. So up on the top of the ridge, it looked like, like an airplane light flashing me. And it, it flashed, flashed. And then it went to the left side of the tree it was behind, flashed the light again. And came back to the right side of the tree and splashed. So it was like something was looking on either side of the tree and those lights were happening again. And I was with a a BFRO researcher at the time who will remain anonymous. I said, did you see that? Well, yeah, I think, I think I saw that. Well, about 15, 20 minutes later, the same thing happened from a little different area in the forest. And the same thing it was you know light flash light flash left side of the tree light flash right side of the tree light flash and what was that and this bfro researcher saw that at this time and was like all right i saw that that was that was pretty crazy so we don't know what that was when i went up there the next morning to see where those lights were coming from it was a tree that had fallen into the crotch of another tree and was about 40 feet up. And that's where the lights were coming from. So I was like, I wouldn't be able to climb up there. I don't know what would be up there. Cause I always try to say, Hey, you know, that could be some person messing with me or that could be, you know, just, just a person being, being goofy or whatever. But I mean, where, where those lights were coming from, it would somebody would have a lot of effort into putting themselves in that position just to fool with us. So um, I'm not sure what happened there, but it, that was another cool experience. Um, yeah, that, that was just a, a weird one. That was, I think, maybe the same weekend Brian had his sighting at our campsite.
0: Yeah, why don't you tell people about that whole thing? I know it's his sighting, but you were there. Is that the campsite that you guys were at?
3: Yeah, so it was the first time um, I had Brian camp with us, and it was it was great. I believe it was a Labor Day weekend. It might have been the second time. I'm not completely positive. But uh, that was the the weekend my family showed up on Friday night, and we normally show up around 10 o'clock at night into the campsite because we work Fridays. We don't get to leave till about 6. We get in around 10, camp set up around 1, get the kids to sleep, this was, a, this was a weekend where when we showed up in, into the Allegheny National Forest, it was 26 degrees and it was cold. And my son was like two and a half and he was not happy. He's like, you took me out of my warm house and my warm bed to camp in this <laughs> tent? I'm not having it. And he was screaming the whole time. But we finally got into bed. It was around two in the morning. It was my best friend, Jeff, again, my wife, Amber, my daughter, Kendra, and myself. were sitting around the fire, finally just relaxing, decompressing, getting ready to go to bed for the night. And it sounds like something's walking through the creek from, from the, the depth of the forest. Like, there's no lights coming. You know, we didn't see lights at the time. We just heard something. It sounded like a person, a big person, walking towards us through the creek. And I'm like, all right, this is getting weird. So I clacked the stones together. And whatever was walking towards us clacked some stones, but you could tell one of the stones was still in the water because it had that, you know, that that sound that you could tell was in the water. And I'm like, well, that's weird. That's either a black bear clacking its jaw because we're in its territory and telling us to leave, or that's something completely different. So I walked kind of to the edge of the campsite where the light still was, but it was an eight-foot drop down and probably 50 feet to the creek still. And I'm like, well, if it's a bear, I, I might have two seconds to react to this. And I said, hey, um, are you a bear or are you uh, what we're here for? Because if you could send me a sign and let me know, I'd feel a lot better. And literally, Tony, the second those words came out of my mouth, There was a tree that was snapped in half and fell across the creek, and we heard something tear up off the hill. So after I cleaned my pants out, I was like, all right, guys, we're safe. And and I looked at my wife, and I looked at my best friend, and my daughter is in my wife's lap, like, clinging to her, like, holy moly, what just happened? And, and my best friend Jeff's eyes are the size of, of saucers. And, and my wife is like, "Oh my gosh, my husband's not a moron. These things are real because it was just you could tell it was an answer to my question. It wasn't It wasn't me scaring some bear up a tree that snapped. you know because I thought about that too. So then we investigated in the morning. we found some 13 and a half 14 inch footprints that looks like a, a barefoot and it was a 10 inch in diameter beech tree that was snapped off about nine feet up which we cut up and used Jeez. for firewood because we didn't have any firewood that weekend which was pretty excellent <laughs> so then dave shows up to camp with us and then brian shows up with a couple of his friends and this is the the following day we told him about what had happened and Brian hangs some apples up in the tree as like a gift and you know after that night happens we go check the apples and they left like a a stick weaved in the lines that we strung the apples up with and there was I think 12 or 13 apples and seven of them were yellow and every one of the yellow apples had like thumb and fingerprints in it like something had squeezed it in the plastic bag And there was like applesauce pulp in the bottom of the bag.
2: Hmm.
3: So like, Hey, you know, that might've worked. So the next day we hung peanut butter up as well. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close on how this all happened. And we hung peanut butter up with the apples and we heard something kind of creeping in quietly through Brian's parabolic microphone down the ridge where there was a trail where we thought exactly where they might come in. And we had kind of forgot about that. I think it was dinner time or something. Or maybe uh, Jeff got back from the firewood run or something. And next thing you know, one of Brian's friends is like, hey, the peanut butter's swinging. Because he's looking through the uh, night vision monocular. And the peanut butter's swinging back and forth like crazy. So then he hands Brian the, the night vision. And Brian's staring at it staring at it, staring at it. And all of a sudden Brian goes, holy crap, I just saw something. And what he explains is when he was looking at it, the tree and the color of whatever he was looking at were the same through the night vision. Cause it was a black and white. And then all of a sudden the tree shrank three quarters of the size because whatever was standing behind the tree, trying to hide dropped to the ground and ran off into the forest. So that was his sighting. And when we investigated that whole situation later the next morning, we found footprints. um, We found a whole bunch of stuff that led us to believe that he had a legit fast sighting.
0: Yeah. Were you able to get any pictures or cast those footprints?
3: I do not. No, we did not cast the footprints, but we did get photos of, I do believe Brian has photos of the apples and the size of the finger and thumbprints that were in the apples. And that the plastic bag was never punctured. It was just, you know, squeezed. Um, but, you know, one of the things I I do when I'm out, like, if I find a footprint, I might take a picture of it. But I feel like that was left for us. and and I try to be as respectful as possible because not everybody really needs to know that these things are out there. And that's my opinion. Um, I just, I try to be as respectful to them because, you know, be hidden as long as they have been, there has to be a reason. So I try to, I try to kind of leave what I find in the forest, but what I, find, you know, there. And if I find trash or rubbish, I'll clean that up. But I try to leave, those things behind, which I know a lot of researchers are like, what, what do you mean you found hundreds of footprints and never casted one? Well, I don't know. something tells me in my heart to leave them. So I, you know, no disrespect or anything to anybody that does cast them. That's cool. But that's just, that's just my stance on it. And I seem to get pretty constant results as long as people are present in the campsite, but I don't, I don't like to bring that home. You know, I go there for a special reason.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's my stance on it. Yeah, and and you've had success doing it that way. I mean, none of us really know what these things are and stuff, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they right. they respect the fact that you're not taking the footprint, you know, I've heard that that talked about before. Uh, and I, I if I'm if I remember correctly, Jamie and Jenny, they they operate with a very similar philosophy, don't they?
2: Yes.
3: Yes. But, I mean, they do cast it because they believe that they're leaving that for us to help teach others, which I totally respect and love Jamie and Jenny. They are absolutely some of my most favorite people on the face of this planet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I no love doubt. those
3: guys. And they've they've helped. Um, my daughter, Kendra, My um, she'll be 10 in August. We go out and visit them as much as possible and go do, you know, check out their research area. And my gosh, some of their evidence is just you know, some of the stuff they found and some of their stories are just mind-blowing. It's it's awesome talking to them, you know, and they, they make you feel comfortable. And that's what it's all about. You know, we're not going to figure this out by fighting with each other because I don't believe the same thing you believe. I mean, you know, I don't know what really to believe to tell you the truth in this thing. I just know that we're experiencing amazing things and there's got to be a reason for it. You know, I don't believe in coincidences either. so. Right. That's, an, that's another one to throw out there. You know, I feel like we're all, some reason, whatever this is, is is just amazing enough to know who who to show itself to. I guess,
2: in a way, I don't know.
3: I'm really deep about it, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. It hasn't shown itself to me yet. And that's the frustrating thing. Uh, Because, you know, I was going out a lot with my buddy Don. And he, I think it was the first time he went out without me, but with what, he went with somebody else. So it was like, the first time he goes out there, he has this huge experience. He didn't see it, but it was like, it was right there. It wasn't far away. It was yelling at them. And it was like this big experience. And I'm like, dang it. I missed it, you know? And sometimes I just wonder if it's just not in my cards. It's just maybe not in my cards. I don't know. Uh But I'll tell you what, you guys have so many different experiences out there. And I know you guys have repeatedly invited me out. If I ever go out there and nothing happens, then I'll know it's me. I'll know it's me. <laughs> ask you a question. Do you love the thrill of an escape room looking for clues and solving puzzles? Well, now you can bring the mystery home. Introducing Hunt a Killer for your new favorite obsession. Hunt a Killer is a monthly subscription where you become a detective immersed in a murder mystery. Each month, a fictional serial killer will send you cryptic clues, objects and letters that you can actually use to solve the crime in real time. It's so interactive and convincing that it looks and feels real. Hunt a Killer is perfect to play solo as a date night or for a game night with friends. You can even join their online community working with other people who are at the same point in the story as you. Over 60,000 people have joined Hunt a Killer's online community and they have over a 1,000 five-star customer reviews. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to Huntakiller.com slash confessionals for 10% off your first box. They only accept 200 members per day, so hurry up and take advantage of this offer. That's Huntakiller.com slash confessionals for 10% off your first box. Huntakiller.com. Slash confessionals, And once you're done playing games with Hunt a Killer, why don't you get serious and head on over to the Robinhood app. The Robinhood app is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stocking newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, trade stocks, and keep all your profits. It's an easy to understand thing. Just four taps on your phone and you're trading away. It's a fantastic opportunity for you to learn how to invest and build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and trade favorite companies with personalized newsfeed. It's a really intuitive app. And right now, Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at confessionals.robinhood.com. That's confessionals.robinhood.com. And before we get back to the show, I just want to talk to you guys about Graveyard Tales. You guys know I like talking about podcasts that I come across that I do enjoy, and Graveyard Tales is one of them. Graveyard Tales podcast, the hosts Adam and Matt take deep dives into history of haunted places, cryptid encounters, and mysteries. They make it feel like you're just sitting down with friends discussing the mysteries and having a few laughs. Matt and Adam want The Graveyard to be a place where people feel comfortable sharing their stories. Find them anywhere you get your podcasts and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join their Facebook group to interact with them and all the awesome members of The Graveyard. And some of their most popular episodes are Missing411, Poltergeist, urban legends the stanley hotel and the chupacabra definitely check out graveyard tales podcast anywhere you get a podcast Darren Marlar from the Weird Darkness podcast, and you're listening to The Confessionals. You've had experiences with Jamie and Jenny, right? Yes, absolutely. So what kind of things happened?
3: Um, I've heard very, very, very strong, loud tree knocks, as some people call it. Um, Structures that they've shown us, the tree bends they've shown us, all that kind of stuff has just been amazing.
0: Yeah. I know they get a lot of that stuff on their property. I actually had them on for an interview. Uh, it just hasn't aired yet. So, uh, you know, but they, they've actually talked about that stuff a lot. And there's There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the area. And the cool thing about them is that they really, they micro research. I mean, they don't just travel the state of Pennsylvania and go all over the place. They actually go to a specific location all the time. And they know it, Mm -hmm. they know it so well that they know when there's changes, they know when they see a TP structure that wasn't there two days ago, they know it because they, they comb this area all the time. And that's, that's, I I respect that a lot about them. They, they do a really good job of that.
3: And they have some of the most open hearts. They're some of the most genuine people. And I think that has a lot to do with their experiences as well. You know, they they are really into it and they really believe what they're doing is is you know is real and and that's that's part of it you have to believe in yourself and your research techniques otherwise you're not going to get results you know you have to be avid you have to go after it you know right they they're also some that never really claim to know exactly what's going on and they're into a lot of different paranormal things. So they just have an open mind to it. And I think that's one of the most important things, you know, none of us are right or wrong. None of us have been able to prove anybody right or wrong. So why, why are we bickering in this community about paranormal versus mountainate versus flesh and blood? I just think it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You know, I just, I do. No, you're absolutely oh. right. It, it's it's not it's not the wisest thing to do because it's putting yourself in a position where you think or you present yourself in a way where you got it all figured out. And that's dangerous to do because until you actually got it all figured out, you need to keep that open mind so that you can remain flexible with new evidence. You know, like some of the things exactly. that you talked about tonight here on the show uh, is new evidence that some people don't want to accept. You know that and I know that. They don't want it. They don't want to hear that. And, uh, you know, it's a shame because, uh, there's a lot more going on in this world than what we can explain. And when you act like you can explain everything, that's when you're lost because you close yourself off to all the new stuff.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'll throw it out there. I will. You know, as long as somebody proves themselves to be able to conduct themselves in the right way, in the right manner in front of my children, because my children are always present when we're camping, I'll take anybody out to the woods. I mean, we'll camp and we'll have a great time. I'm not going to guarantee an experience or anything, except for we're going to eat really good. If you want to have a few beverages, we're going to do that. And we're going to have a good time and as family units in the forest, which is... You know that's that's how we get back to our roots. In my opinion, man, I take my kids out to the woods two, three, four times a year to turn off the cell phones and get away from it. Just because it, it it it's special. There's something there's something about the forest that we all need to connect to. You know, or just nature in general. You know, yeah, it's special. It's important. So it's important to my family. And like I said, daughter. The offer's there. People know how to find me or get in touch with me. I have no problem inviting new people into the woods as long as, you know, we know somebody mutual that can vouch for you being a good person. I'm not scared to invite people out to the woods. Maybe we'll get an experience. Maybe we won't. But chances are, if you have an open mind and an open heart, which is really two completely different things, um, I have pretty good confidence that you will. You just can't. You can't put yourself into the box. As I remember there was a conversation I heard you have with somebody where, you know, you put yourself into a box and then you're in that box and that's the only thing you can deal with is what's in that box instead of having an open mind and being able to experience everything, you know, or everything that is there. It's just, it's good to have an open mind. You know,
0: I a hundred percent agree with you.
3: (laughs) So it's, it's really cool. There's, um, Let's see, I guess, uh, maybe one day my friend Jeff will talk about his experience, but it was that same weekend we were camping where Brian had his experience. We were hiking through a different part of the forest and we heard something was like grunting at us and it was Jeff and I, and I'm like, all right guys, we're, this is kind of scary. I didn't feel afraid, but I'm like, I don't feel like we're wanted here, you know? And Jeff has to have just the biggest set of them, of anybody I've ever met, you know what I'm saying? Because this dude's like, nope, I'm going for it. I'm here, I'm curious, and I'm innocent, I'm going for it. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not very respectful, but that's never been a strong suit. Um, So he tears off into the woods, and Brian and I and a few of us kind of tear back, and we're watching Jeff, through the thermal and all of a sudden there's another thermal image like five or ten feet behind Jeff and next thing we know Jeff is sprinting full speed with no flashlight through a thick forest and then climbs himself out of this area where we were like on a road looking down a ravine at him through the woods and something was kind of like chasing him and he's like I don't know how I didn't fall on my face. I don't know how I got out of there. I felt like something was breathing on my neck and it wanted me out of there. And I was like, well, you know, I was trying to tell you that 10 minutes ago (laughs) and you wouldn't have that kind of experience. And uh, I also feel like, you know, they could have hurt him very badly, very easily, but they didn't. And I've never felt, Fear when I'm in the presence of them. So I don't think they really have the intention of hurting us humans. I really don't. Because if they did, man, they would, we wouldn't stand a chance. The the speed that they move with, but, and just being able to step behind the tree and disappear, which is things I've seen. And it's just, I think it's, they, they want to connect with us and show us that there's something that we should be doing that we're not maybe you know like living in congruence with the earth i I hope that was the right use of that word but um sure i just feel like there's there's a message they're trying to send by showing themselves to us and maybe it's the togetherness maybe it's working together. Maybe we're capable of something that we don't quite know that we're capable of. And they're trying to show us that. I I just don't know. I'm curious and I will continue to be going up to the forest to experience these things and just to the simple fact that I love the forest. But I just, I don't know. No, I hope one day I do, <laughs> you
0: know? No, I. yeah, I I get it, man. I I often tell people that I really reserve myself to the idea that I'm probably never going to get the answers that I want in this life about uh, what these things are. And even just the paranormal stuff that I cover on the show, there's just so much mystery and, and really nobody has a clue, you know? So we're just kind of taking uh, shots in the dark. You know, before we uh, kind of wrap this thing up here, man, uh, have you ever... I know, I know Dave Groves, uh, dealt with being zapped once, uh, and I didn't know if that was with you or without, if, if that was with different guys being zapped, you know, like, uh, infrasound almost.
3: Um, that was in the same location in oil city with the same people that I had visited with Brian back in October. And I've had. Some extremely profound experiences with them where I actually saw what I believe was maybe even the same individual gray Bigfoot of Carbondale, PA. Really? In Oil City. Like, you know, the one that Dave has the photograph of where right. you can see, you know, from Oil City. I believe I've seen that creature myself with my own two eyes um, hiking through the snow. You know, it was like 18 inches of snow, it was in February. I was, uh, um, my little brother owns a, a boutique. So, um, one of the people that we visit makes uh, little woodworking things that my brother would sell at his boutique. So we went out to go pick up some of those and he's like, you want to go see the research area? It's been pretty active. So we went, I saw a couple 21 inch long footprints in the snow. Um, wow. yeah, dude, like, and you could even feel the dermal ridges in the ice because whatever it was foot was so hot when it hit the snow it was probably a foot deep of snow i think this was like 2014 2015 maybe 2013 i don't know um you could feel the the dermal ridges of whatever it was foot which was mind boggling me this was this was one of my very first experiences um, we had response wood knocks we had, we heard grunts. We heard an Ohio howl that was just amazing. You know, we were almost playing peekaboo with one behind the tree. Cause you would see its eye come out from behind the tree and you'd see the, the head and it looked like it was maybe a juvenile, maybe only six feet tall, but its head was just massive. And it would like peek out from behind this tree and look at us and we'd flash our red light flashlight at it and it would blink its eye back at us it was it was crazy and uh, you know i mean the offer is always there man you you with with your son and stuff you guys can always come out to our campground it's a very 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 family friendly place we're we're good people (laughs) you know we all love it so i'm just throwing that out there too
0: for sure man and i definitely want to get out there and stuff with you guys i know uh I am uh, making some plans later this summer and stuff to possibly uh, go out that way. If I do, uh, I'll I'll keep in touch with you. And I would like to get the whole crew together, you, Dave, uh, Jamie and Jenny, and anybody else you guys think would be fun to have out and stuff and just kind of all go out there and enjoy each other's company.
2: I think
3: we're, we're really on the right track here. I mean, I don't, you know, I really appreciate what, what you've done for the community and, and you sticking your neck out there to talk to people like me that are open to talking about whatever it is I have experienced with an unbiased point of view. It's special. You're, you're really helping the community out by doing what you're doing. And, and I, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and how much it means to me to know you as a friend and to be able to share my experiences on your show, man, that, that means the world to me. So I just want to thank you in front of everybody.
0: Oh man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for those kind words, man. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm just the kind of person that I I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world. Uh I enjoy mysteries and I don't really care what people think about me. So you put that all together and this is what you get.
2: <laughs> so, hey,
3: yeah, that's exactly what you get. You get a nice little conversation between us talking about what you know talking about what we think's going on, but we really have no real you know, no real answers. I mean, we have theories and And that's a good thing to have, but we don't have answers, but I I feel like, I feel like we're on the right page and we're on the right track. And I feel like we will have some answers in our lifetime, you know, because we're going to go get those answers. We're not, you know, I'm not stopping, you know, and, and I'm learning things. And I was there when Jamie got those recordings on the IC recorder, my little eight-year-old daughter was asking questions to the forest and the forest was answering it via this ic recorder it was it was the craziest thing you know and there was probably a half a dozen of us that was that were experiencing that happen, and it was just it was mind-blowing to us all and we're all curious about what the heck was communicating with us because it was intelligent and it was intelligent enough to communicate with us in english so is that ic recorder able to pick up the the frequency that our thoughts are on was our was that recorder replaying back to us our thoughts or was it replaying back to us something that the forest was telling us you know what i'm saying that that's kind of where my mind's at with that because our thoughts are energy you know our thoughts are frequency our our mind does create thoughts and and it does create vibrations so maybe that recorder is able to pick up people's thoughts Maybe that's part of the mind reading technology or, or, you know, maybe this Sasquatch phenomenon is able to read our minds via the frequency or vibration that our thoughts create. That's kind of been a a theory of mine that I'm glad that I finally just got out there right now. So, you know, I mean, what I always say is thoughts are energy. Keep it positive. Absolutely.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. (laughs)
3: that's really cool man i i feel i almost feel liberated by having this conversation with you because i've had a lot of things inside of me that i wanted to talk about and share with a lot of people and and i hope that this succeeded at that and you know i'm on facebook you know if anybody wants to talk about things or or just chop it up and and talk about theories like I'm open. I'm not, I'm never going to judge somebody for being open to what they're experiencing in the forest or in life in general, you know? Cause like I said, there's been things that have happened at my home where my daughter lost her glasses in the forest. And six months later they appeared in her book bag that was nowhere yeah. near the forest.
0: I remember like, that story. That I know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's so weird. You know,
3: like it, it is very weird. So, You know, I'm, I'm just as curious as everybody, probably more so than most.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely, man. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, uh, I I think we're going to get rolling here. And I think that if you uh, are open to it, maybe we can have uh, you back on another time, maybe for a patron show where we can kind of have the patrons call in and have some dialogue with you, because I know you got a lot of opinions and thoughts and stuff. that would be amazing. Yeah, I think it I think it would be that'd fun. That would be amazing. Yeah, so Yeah, that'd be great. Uh yeah, let's let's do the, let's we will we'll, uh we'll work that out down the road and stuff, but uh you know, I just wanted to say thanks okay. so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it.
3: Um thanks for having me, man. It 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 means a lot to me that people actually might want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it it just it's it's so it's changed my life so much. So, I just, you know, for the better you know, for the better, it changed my life. So I just appreciate it. And I appreciate the time, man. And thank you so much.
0: For sure, man. All right, man, you take care. Okay.
3: You too, buddy. Talk to you soon.
1: got me i got you all dreams they come true stay down till the end need me i need them whole team gon' make m's no time for fake friends yeah. too many people be calling my phone but i'll never be picking it up got everyone that i need in my circle i'll never be going and switching it up rocking with the people who be following me when i never thought it would have happened and i never got love now they want to piggyback on everything i got i never knew i'm from the bottom but i enough, please stay away, find a new hobby cause you been too close to my personal space don't make me call out your names but I'll go there and you gonna make me put you in your place I'm trying to put my whole crew in a race. came a long way from that minimum wage funny how money be bringing out people who never remember the time that they paid, Counted up on my two hands, if you wanna talk I need two bands, I don't play around with no loose ends, and I never wanted no new friends, I keep it real, you can ask the fans, don't get involved if you're not my fan, but if you were willing to sacrifice when I roll the dice, then I'm counting you in Say once, day ones, day ones, no time for fake ones, got me, I got you, all dreams they come true, stay down till the end, need me, I need them, whole team gon' make ends, no time for fake friends. Ain't about money, it's about being loyal, cause when I had nothing, they stayed on my soil, the grass might be greener on the other side, but not for the ones who left me out to dry, I can forget, but I never forget, money is power, but care about respect, if you've been focused on credit or debit, then I'ma pay you a reality check, so some of the riches be feeling depressed, material shit don't compare to the rest, I move around with my real ones, making memories worth millions, goddamn, part of the plan, do what I do when I do it for them, 7am and I'm going to bed, I can't let the competition get ahead, I've been going like I never got to run, I wanna stop it, I've been thinking about the people who be talking about their love and I know I gotta keep on winning, never gonna give to the negative energy, cause I gotta go and get up for the same ones, day ones, no time for fake ones, got me, I got you, all dreams they come true, stay down. Till the end, need me, I need them Whole team gon' make M's No time for fake friends